Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I sh share the answers we found to the questions we have. I apologize for the video. Oh, um, join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask what's my thesis. I apologize for the lag on my video. I had an issue with um, my typical setup, so I had to use the backup. But um, my guest today is Lincoln Heights Intel. I'm currently a resident. I don't even know if I should really want to say it because I'm not trying to hype the neighborhood as like a, a popular place. But uh, is it, is, is so you run a basically investigative journalist on Instagram. Do, is, there, is there another location or is it all mostly done on Instagram? It's a street level uh, conduit sort of a conglomerate syndicate. Okay. Of the, you know, multiple news sources. Uh, I don't specifically run it. I'm just uh, one of the facilitators. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it has social media presence, but mainly it's word of mouth on the street. Okay. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So we actually, uh, I, I want to, we had to reschedule this because... <laughs> yesterday we were supposed to record at noon and I go and I look on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, you guys are doing a protest right now. And you're doing like an action where you're talking to people. I saw you guys talking on the street. So I was like, we definitely can reschedule. <laughs> if there's ever been a more valid reason is like, I saw you guys hustling. I honked as I drove by. Uh, I was in a Prius. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me. I'm kidding. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, I kind of wanted to start because I think that what basically the the main thrust of the at least the Lincoln Heights Intel, as far as I understand it, you can maybe tell me a little bit more because I only know it as an organization on Instagram, right? Oh my God, my nails are so dirty. <laughs> and uh, so, um, basically, what I see is mostly you guys deal with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff revealing uh who's really in charge in this neighborhood who's really trying to make the main thrust that uh, we can get into that maybe in more detail later but essentially i think in this neighborhood there's particularly uh san antonio uh the winery is yeah. is is kind of a big player in the land game here right yes and then so so my interpretation of of what you guys are doing is basically you're doing you're giving out information on the neighborhood and uh, and stuff like that. But I think to set up a little context, I kind of wanted to play a little clip that I saw that was pretty incredible and I think is really relevant to our conversation, especially because we're talking a lot about gentrification and displacement and things like that. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This is uh, Mayor Garcetti, who is a Democrat. Uh, I, I always like to remind people because. A lot of people that don't live in California forget or think that it's like a liberal utopia where, you know, the left reigns supreme and everybody's happy. But this is this is the mayor of Los Angeles who has aspirations to become a pre a president of this country. So uh, so here's the clip of Garcetti, Democrat, that I wanted to play. Uh, let me know what you think. This city is kind of like at the Rose Parade. You know, those folks who are dressed up in the cowboy outfits, but they're behind the horses, um, scooping up everything that falls out of their rear ends. That's kind of what the city's role is when it comes to homelessness. Like we aren't necessarily feeding or producing it, but we are having to clean it up. And, and let me tell you, it is tougher and tougher. If you had told me four or five years ago that we would have put together- That's the main point. 
then he starts to brag about um were you able to hear it oh yeah i mean i've heard this I don't yeah, know why yeah. Mercedes would be cleaning up the horse shit of Pasadena when that's not even part of the city of LA. So Yeah. He <laughs> so yeah, uh I don't know. What do you like? I I definitely think that people have a really crazy idea of what it's like to live out here, but I think that even the the left wingers or the the Democrats tend to be sort of um right-wing heartless people that think of homeless people as uh as shit as horseshit so uh is uh, are you is it like i know that a lot of government here is like democratic supermajority. are the people that are we're dealing with do, are they affiliated with any particular party is this like uh like how, what kind of you know what what are we dealing with like when it comes to because is uh, are there republicans at play here i'm trying to figure out like a lot of the city council stuff just seems to me like it has the similar attitude to, to Garcetti. I mean, whenever a, a system has bribery involved and pay to play, it erodes the democracy because the middle class uh, just kind of gives up and stops feeling like their voice makes any difference because it's all about money. That's the state that we're at right now. I mean, we don't, yeah. I mean, we have no affiliation with any group any particular we're community based group and we you know we're many different kinds of people and uh everybody in our community has experienced homelessness i mean many people firsthand most of our houses are uh, locals so mm -hmm. um because yeah, no definitely yeah it's a uh, family you know the house gets sold the youngest ones on the street whatever and then also the gang injunctions and stuff. And then where people, the safety zones from those gang injunctions of the past are where we see the concentrations of people now. Um, anyway. So can you explain gang injunctions? Cause I think that that's like a very Los Angeles um, specific thing. Maybe people uh, know about it through Nipsey Hussle and his story, but. Uh, I mean, like it was a policy with safety zones around certain areas that gang members were not allowed to congregate or socialize or be out at a certain time or even on a cell phone, like within these certain boundaries, and then they could only be outside the boundaries so they wouldn't get arrested. And they, um, the city, uh, basically, like if your family member was involved with the gang, then you are automatically on the gang list, and then you could lose your public housing as well. Um, we have many families lose their housing at the, uh, you know, William Mead and Ramona Gardens and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But it was a real estate kind of thing. So they, uh, the areas outside of the gang injunction zones, the values went up. So then those were snatched up. And then when they lifted the gang injunctions or when it was found to be a civil rights violation, um, then they, then now they're kind of coming in for the kill. So that's why you see like Echo Park taken at a certain time, you know. This uh, oh, okay. factory of gentrification in the past 20 years has unfolded in a way that's it was pre-planned. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and uh, I did find it interesting that you made a point to say that you guys are not affiliated with any particular party. Is um, I think that that seems to me like a very smart choice. Um, yeah. So they so but but then it also seemed like you were suggesting that there were people from across the spectrum. It wasn't just like a left movement gentrification uh, obviously affects more than just like leftists and whatnot right 
Yeah, I mean, we have our community is 77% renters, and we have the lowest homeownership rate in LA at 23%. So mm. Lincoln Heights is in this weird situation. It's the oldest neighborhood in LA since 1873 and before uh, Tangaland. Um, what am I saying? So we have these monopolists, landholders, San Antonio Winery, you know, these, these old names who went into industry like 150 years ago or whatever. So um, a lot of the people you would call Trumpsters or, you know, Republicans, they're the minority. They, like, many of them, for instance, like, inherited their family home and now they hate immigrants. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but the majority of people in Lincoln Heights, um, I mean, it's low-income renters. Uh, when you don't really have much, you're not really... Uh, Trying to defend your capital, you know. Interesting. And so, I one of the things that like I that I like about where I am right now is that I have rent control, and I think that you were like one of the things that I've seen on the um, Lincoln Heights Intel is that they're trying. What are they doing to try to make that change? Are they just tearing down buildings and, and rebuilding them new? Is it is it that simple or are there ways that like, because I've noticed that 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 the demographics of this neighborhood are changing and I'm saying, how are they accomplishing that? Um, so this is the oldest, Lincoln Heights is the oldest neighborhood in LA. We have the oldest industrial corridor. So that's over near St. Vincent's and the jail, right? Mm -hmm. So over the past 20 years, the city's been working on this new upzoning. They've rezoned two areas of our neighborhood and we're being majorly screwed. One is the uh, Cornfield Arroyo uh, specific plan, which is the uh, LA River revitalization. Mm -hmm. So it's upzoned all of our um, in light industrial or manufacturing to uh, high density, high rise luxury. Uh, it's called like TOCs because they're near the train. Mm -hmm. It's all very problematic. Um, but it also changes and shifts the whole demographic. So it's like the housing that's being built over there, it's a cash cow because it's a lot of it's a brownfield, DTSC brownfield, toxic land, lead. Like very and so this uh, new zoning uh, lets them bypass the environmental sequel, uh, you know, requirements. So, so wait, is th does that doesn't that make it unsafe for people to live there though? Yes. So they're yes. toxic. They're toxic luxury apartments. Yes. Um, for example, one of the big ones was uh, the one uh, Camino del Sol at the Cypress uh, Lincoln Cypress Station. All of those kind of new condos on Avenue Twenty Six, mm -hmm. and then there's like uh, affordable housing and low income housing and stuff. That developer is friends. They're all part of this crew. It's this. He's friends with the guy who built the Orsini, Jeff Palmer. Oh, that place is a tacky yeah, as fuck. Funny. I mean, but they're trans Basically, they found a way. With when you do uh, this high density housing or whatever near the train, if you include a certain amount of affordable units with a covenant of like thirty years or whatever, you get like a fifty million dollar tax break. So these guys are raking in the tax breaks, building on toxic land, which they get for zero, you know, free. So. Uh, yeah, they're coming up, you know. Um, but uh, as far as housing in Lincoln Heights goes, these developers deny, they have um, 
one of them actually wrote like a dissertation on it against us saying that um, indirect displacement is a myth. It's a hmm. bunch of, they're full of shit. Uh, so like, around, uh, we're seeing basically the bundle of court housing, you know, that was from 1910 to 1920, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's being snatched up, torn down. Everybody's getting evicted to build these kind of market rate high rises. So that's where we're losing our people. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of our apartments here aren't rent controlled because they were built during this time in the 70s when they were working on USC. And the city tore down a lot of old houses to build these big old apartment buildings. Like we see at Five Points, for instance, right? So the um, the rents are now being doubled and people are losing their houses, their apartments. So they're not rent controlled because they were built in the 70s? Um, if it's built after 1978, it's not subject to the rent stabilization. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, my place, when I moved in, I had to like sign a thing that I was aware that there was like lead, possible lead issues and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I think it is an older building, but. You, you would know. I mean, it's. There's a website. Oh, it's definitely, it definitely is. I, I like, I mean, I know it because it is rent controlled, but. We're supposed to legally hang a document up. Yeah. Because you know, they're only allowed to raise your rent like a certain percent every year. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. So, so can you get a little bit more into the players? Like, cause, uh, specifically, so you, you mentioned that you have like the business end of it. You got the Trump supporters, right? You got the Orsini guy and all of that. I know that there's like a lot of specific names. There's, uh, is, is, is we, Weezer involved? Jose? Oh, Weezer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in jail, but you know, who's yeah. on the plum committee, uh, city hall with our current councilman, Bill Cedillo. The trifecta was Mitch Englander, Gil Cedillo, and Jose Huizar. And so, what? Yeah. Go ahead. Two of them are in jail now for racketeering. That's Mitch Englander and Huizar. Gil Cedillo is still out. Gil Cedillo, you know. So, um, I remember the Huizar thing. That was a pretty big one. Uh, it was it, like it, it made uh, it made my radar. What what exactly was he doing? He so it was just racketeering. Like <laughs> he was. It was the like the reason he got caught was it was Chinese money. They said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he was laundering and racketeering with his wife. Um, nice. So uh, they were exchanging. He was. Uh, he, if you read the um, document from the FBI or mm-hmm. the DOJ, it's like a soap opera. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, he was running the operations out of the out of Jose Huizar's private restroom at City Hall, and then coordinating for them to exchange um, boxes of cash wherever in the bathroom or they went to vegas but he lived on britannia street which is over you know it's near lincoln heights here just over mm-hmm. here near general hospital yeah um, it's just kind of funny when you see the see them raiding the house you have like to-do lists that said uh you know how to take over the world and shit like <laughs> like, so he was like a vision board type but like nefarious they called they had they were trying to use like you know, Italian, like mafioso, Camorra, like whatever, Godfather type of uh, life, like whatever. The racketeering, they called it like the, God, they had a name for it. Anyway, they were trying to have a sort of Italian uh, mafioso type of motif going on. And you can see mm-hmm. that, you know, Huizar is an idiot. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and who else? So, okay, then uh, there's, tell me, okay, 
first, I think like let's do like a you because you there Lincoln Heights is is a really old neighborhood. Can you tell me anything? Or it's the first neighborhood, right? Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with any of the history? Because I know that the 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 website does some some of that. I don't know if you're if you're well versed in it yourself. So I don't want to like put it on you, but um, but if not, then I'd like to kind of maybe you had a specific thing that you wanted to talk about. I, if we're veering too far away from it, I feel free to take my questions and force it in. But um, but I, I want to talk about the 34th Street luxury apartments. I also want to talk a little bit about the place down the street near Lincoln High School, that that, that new development that's like a, a living space, but with, uh, um, you know, retail space at the uh, at the ground level. I, I think there's like an umami oh, burger that's been saying that it's going to open there for a while. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about that and maybe even about what you guys were protesting, because that was a pretty intense uh event that happened yesterday right yeah i mean it's just an ongoing thing with this developer but um yeah in, like lincoln heights is getting um who's the developer pinion yeah, yeah it's the same pinion. developer that did well it has a pinion's just kind of this puppet face okay. the real financier is kevin ratner now listen to this Mm -hmm. He built um, Blossom Plaza in Chinatown, but Kevin Ratner is uh, the chair of Sciarc and oh, okay. he's the board of the Hammer Museum. All right. So very okay, relevant so, to our audience. We're on our podcast, so I'm very happy to <laughs> that we got some yes, of the shadiness. Guy, he, he said he wanted to make Broadway in Chinatown into the next Abbott Kinney. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, so it's, and then he said um, the projected uh, dwellers of these units are going to be, you know, USC young professionals. You know, we're the city's building USC housing. That's what this CASP is, this Cornfield Royal. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's people that, like, it's not for students, though. It's for, like, graduates of, because uh, we got Keck Medical Center nearby, too, right? Yeah, USC didn't, ex you know, General Hospital was built in, what, 1932? Mm. Um, that used to be Lincoln Heights all down there, and it still is Lincoln Heights, all the way down to Marengo, all the way to Soto. To Soto. Yeah. Um, we lost, I think, uh, 600 homes to USC over the past, you know, whatever, 100 years. Mm -hmm. um, the city rezoned because, like, USC is so high power, they're, you know, the biggest lobbyists in the country or something. Um, so they rezoned part of Lincoln Heights for the USC Biomedical Corridor. Mm -hmm. And then it goes all the way up into Boyle Heights. So they're just um, tearing down everything to build all the way up to uh, like Hazard Park, for example, in Lincoln Heights is like totally, you know, it's that whole area is now totally policed by USC. Um, Ramona Gardens is like under terror from USC cops. Uh, uh, Hazard Park's like the oldest, you know, it, over the years it just got smaller and smaller and smaller, but it used to be considered like a brown beach. It had a river, I mean, a stream that, uh, they were supposed to even um, repair the repairing wetlands and get it flowing again. Yeah. And uh, that's why there's a bridge on Charlotte Street. There's a fucking street, uh, stream, and it used to make a lake over at Hazard. Just like Lincoln Park, that lake is one of the streams that got dammed up. So, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, so these are places for the people. And now all of a sudden, for instance, like Lincoln Park, with the development of the San Pablo USC Hyatt, our park is now becoming um, an amenity for USC students. And mm. hence you see that now there's a new, uh, the city's gonna drain the lake next year. So it's like game over. 
it's not our park anymore. Yeah. It's like Echo Park now. To what to what end are they draining the the lake? Well, they're draining the whole lake. It's like a you know one of those like thirty million dollar projects, just like they did at MacArthur Park and Echo Park, but draining it and then they're turning. Oh, okay. So the new zoning is south of Maine is all USC now. It's for like biomedical or whatever. Um, they're building something really huge uh, between Hancock and Johnston called the Brine, and that's on Maine. Okay. So, oh, like mysteriously now the city's investing in this uh, lake renovation, and then that includes bioswales and like drainage, like lake shit, beautification all the way down Maine uh, mm. to this new medical facility. So it's like the city kind of accommodates what, because the city owns a lot of land over there, right? Mm-hmm. The city's just been giving land, you know what I mean, and then accommodating yeah, yeah. USC, which the whole thing is it involves a policing, you know, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, no, no, that it's interesting. Uh, what? So, like, what do you think that the? How, all right. Like for context, for people that are listening and watching the, the idea of this area becoming like USC is, is pretty upsetting. If you really, if you've ever been to USC, it's like Disneyland, it's all very pristine and artificial, but it just doesn't have any character. Like it's like, uh, it, it, it's, it's essentially it's simulacra. It's basically like being in Disney world. And this neighborhood is actually a place that has, you know, when I first moved in here, there were how many dollar stores? There were like four, <laughs> right? Like 99 cent stores everywhere. It was like a, a a place for a community that wasn't affluent, right? And slowly but surely things have been closing down, uh, not even because of COVID, but before, right? Even the the uh, dollar stores have shut down. Really? Yeah. The, the, well, there was the Dollar Tree and then there were, the, I think the 99 cent store is still there, but like slowly, like, it's just become, um, yeah, you know, you start to notice things like, I mean, I, I, I've started to boycott because I know that uh, the, uh, Lincoln Tap and um, what's it called? Uh, Delhi Heights and uh, the Heights Deli and Bottle Shop are both part of this sort of nefarious. Like, so what is the relationship to San Antonio Winery? Okay, so... Um... We were talking about the monopolists of Lincoln Heights and San Antonio Winery owns um, so much property um, on Main Street. Of course, they own the winery itself, and then they've uh, bought up just blocks and blocks. And they bought up all behind the Seven Eleven on Main. Um, they plan on tearing down all these homes or relocating them to South Pasadena. Um, Steve Ribley is building. Basically, he was the one. He had was part of the board that uh, developed uh, the cornfield plant, you know, this whole zoning plan and everything. Mm-hmm. He also owns um, a bunch of the properties on Main Street. So he owns Tie Top Nails, uh, Old Chapalita, which is now Belly in the Heights. He owns the old Sete Marius, which is now the bottle shop, or no, whatever, the tap. But um, yeah. whenever you see, okay, and then he runs the bid the you know the business um improvement district with this other real estate guy you know those t-shirt cops in chinatown with the segways and shit policing mm-hmm. um so uh whenever you read a real estate ad for lincoln heights 
It might have been called Montecito Heights, but um, it'll say uh, in walking distance to the deli, the bottle shop, the B26 mm. coffee. See, he worked with this lady or whatever the proprietor of these shops to make these sort of real estate amenities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she rents from not only him, but then the other guy, Steve Caston, who uh, runs the bin as well. So it's like there's no way she can deny that she's part of the problem. Yeah. And uh, and tell me a little bit more about Flat Top, because that that seems like it seems like there's all these like really iconic spots in the neighborhood that we constantly have to keep fighting for. Wasn't there a thing with the guy from the the guy from Soylent, the company was didn't he like put set up a trailer up there or is that a different spot? Yeah, I, I mean there was there was nothing at Flat Top for the past, you know, well ever in fucking history. Um, 8,000 years, um, and there was nothing on Montecito, in Montecito Heights on the hill until the 60s. There weren't really any, any houses, mm-hmm. because they, Montecito Heights used to be like in Heights and whatever. But then slowly, okay, so in the 60s, they build up Montecito Heights, the subdivision, right, with cantilevered mm-hmm. houses. Um, some, our hills never had anything. Like, if you watch Blood In, Blood Out, there's nothing in it, and that's like 92, right? Yeah. Only until maybe like 2005, you see these, this outcropping of houses up there. Um, Montecito Heights did this trick. They put up a gate where we couldn't use our street anymore and told us that it's because we party too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they kind of like did this thing where they pretended to say flat top, but they took our name and just saved land on the sides um, in between our neighborhoods. Um, meanwhile, when they did this sort of land preservation thing, um, it pushed all these new, all these people onto our side and into Happy Valley to build these single family homes um, on our mm-hmm. hills. So, so that's where, happened. so yeah. that led to a boom in building on Flattop? Well, it's like all these uh, developers bought the land. So you'll see that, like, for instance, the guy that wants to build the seven houses, who has already built three, he just mm-hmm. worked for Dilbeck. He's like some, uh, he's some land villain. Um, and then he teams up with the guy and they build these sort of cement, you know, cubes that kind of fall off the hill, which you see now. Yeah. Red tag. So it's, it's, they're substandard hillsides. You're not supposed to be building on them in the first place. There's no bedrock. So uh, we're being bullied and pressured. The city's kind of just like, basically we're having to call the Natural History Museum. We're, gonna ha- we're having to call geologists to get like, um, you, know, in, you know, data because they let developers hire their own environmental study shit for the data they have to provide, right? So they can just yeah. mix stuff up. Um, for instance, there's a lot of fossils up at Flat Top. There's a whale. The famous Lincoln Heights whale fossil that's at the Natural History Museum. Oh, uh, it's a, so it's not up there anymore. Oh no, it's like okay. I was in, like, well, I'm gonna go look at it right now. <laughs> it's, the it's the only one that exists, um, and it's like, uh, yeah, famous because at all of the hills here, in this the Rapetto Hills or Puente Formation, they're all from the twelve million years ago, the late Miocene extinction when the seas heated up, mm-hmm. oxygen levels rose. And the ocean just like pulled back and everything died. So our hills are all sand and like, you know, diatomaceous, crustaceous exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in that Miocene layer is where you find oil 
So there's been extensive research in like um, these kinds of land formations. So it's like, uh, I can do a lot of research and find like where it's a, you know, where it liquefacts, where it's a fucking landslide zone. Like these hills, they're landslide zones. So it's like, we have to actually like, you know, get people up to par with information and terminology to dialogue with the, you know, city planners. Mm-hmm. I don't really even know what's up. But, but uh, it seems like it seems like they're not very receptive. Like, for example, with uh, with the protests that you guys were doing yesterday, I think the main thing that happened. Oh, sorry. The main thing that happened was um, there like you guys had filed for uh, an appeal to, for an, uh, to, for them to not cut down these old growth trees. that were what, what were that there were. And, and you did a really I think uh, you did a really good job on uh, on explaining some of it uh, in the Instagram stories. But basically they uh you know the, you guys filed uh an appeal over get, getting of those those trees cutting being cut down and then they just said oh like the n- note that i read was basically them saying like oh we hired some experts they oh. said it was undoable these trees are going to die anyway <laughs> no, 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 no. I, i'm telling you this it has nothing to do with the trees this uh-huh. has been going on for a year now um that project the 468 unit 86% luxury fucking uh, condo world over there. That's the 30, that's the uh, 34th street, right? Yeah, Avenue 34. Um, it's never, it was never subject to a public hearing because it's a TOC, transit-oriented communities. It's near the metro. Okay. They don't need parking. They can build like as many as they want on toxic land. So we, uh, three community members, or two community members appealed the original project so that we would be able to have a hearing. Mm-hmm. So, my goal through this whole thing is to get the 30,000 people of Lincoln Heights a voice, a seat at the table because this developer was only dialoguing, doing what they were required to do with white people from Mount Washington and Montecito Heights. And they tried to frame everybody as NIMBYs. Um, as what? NIMBYs. So NIMBYs? Like, What's a NIMBY? Not in my backyard. That's like, oh. like you know, the Arroyo, like Lummis, you know, Lummis people. Um, anyway, so what happened was we turned the city upside down. Uh, we had a series of three hearings. Uh, the commissions, the city planning commission, who are all appointees, started talking about equity. And they were like, we've never seen a community turn out like this. Because we had hundreds of callers from Lincoln Heights just being straight up. What happened was the developer was p- caught paying callers white callers to call in against our community and advocate for their project oh my god callers admitted it and he confessed that he had been offered to be paid to call in um against our community and then he gave us the the form um it said like uh talking points like i like electric bicycles or whatever and then (laughs) so then when that happened the city planning commission was like well they like tabled our thing we thought yeah basically it's the most evil, messed up thing you could do, right? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so then, uh, but that, that property, that project is on uh, notorious toxic land of Lincoln Heights. Abutting that project is a huge, huge, huge brownfield, DTSC brownfield. Uh, what does that mean? The tox- Department of Toxic Substance Control. Okay. It's like a super fun site. So on that site for like 68 years was a 
the country's British uh, industrial dry cleaners who was dumping chemicals in the ground. So we, uh, on our appeal, we, you know, the, the appellant did all this research and he found that uh, because the developer can like hire their own environmental review, they were testing the soil at the parts where they knew there were no toxins. We determined it's a fact uh, that the contaminants were flowing southwest through the proposed development site. Mm -hmm. um, they deny it. So then, yeah, whatever. We appealed it once and then now we're appealing it again based on that. Um, basically, they have to go get a new environmental review from a, we're going to make them, basically, they weren't even testing for the chemicals that were in the soil. But it's this, it's like, so then the the uh, so then the cutting down of the trees was just like a petty like fuck you to you guys well, essentially. When the developer found out that uh, the appellants filed a second appeal, a sequel appeal, that week the developer called out um, some. Uh, they called up this uh, tree abatement. Uh, what is it? Um, a lumber reclamation company in in uh, Boyle Heights that like is called Street Trees or something vintage mm -hmm. wood. But now I realize they just team up with the city with developers raping our fucking trees. Um, yeah, they let them come and cherry pick and then uh, cut down the olive trees, whatever, all this. But um, it was a retaliatory act. The, 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 the site's not even going to be constructed for the, you know, if it is, for the next couple, two years so or three years. There was whatever. no urgency. It's not going to be built. They just did it to, as a fuck you to you guys. And nesting season's coming soon. So they knew that, like, they're just like do it now um oh because if there's nesting they won't they, it, it'll also it'll give you more there was some funding that they were going to lose but i think it, you know it was obviously retaliatory it was in the same week of the sequel appeal but um we as a community are being uh, basically that project when you talked about Weezar before Two of Weezar's guys were sent to Lincoln Heights to like mess with our community. Um, Arturo Gonzalez and George Magalanes of Urban Strategy Group, these lobbyists, notorious. Mm -hmm. So they were going around our neighborhood lying to people saying like, uh, it's gonna get rid of the homeless people. And um, well, these are like $800, you know, this is affordable housing. Um, what am I saying? So, uh, yeah, the whole thing's all messed up. We've been terrorized, and we've had no support from our councilmen from the city. They've been busted, like totally messing up. Um, racism, inequity, uh, payola, pay to play. This project they've been paying, you know, all the developers have paid Gil Cedillo. That plum committee that I was saying, like, all went to jail. They got paid. I'm just like, where's the justice? And then you yeah. realize the people that make the rules break the rules. So, you know, even the FBI who's investigating Cedillo, or I mean, Huizar, their main guy uh, got fired or relocated because he had a, went to a free buffet that Dodgers offered. And like, you just realize these people are just all, it's all slimy, man. Do you have like a, a, a really, What's the most egregious shit you've seen? Like, if if you can impart like an example of corruption that like maybe you haven't brought up yet, but that you're like, no, 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 I want you guys to understand, because it seems like basically what 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 I've the reason that I played that clip 
uh, of, uh, of what's his name was just because I kind of feel like one of the things that he says in that, that's really interesting is that it's like, we're not responsible for it. We're not feeding the problem. Right. And even in his analogy, like someone's feeding that fucking horse. Right. Well, it's kind so, of funny because, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the mood right now because, yeah, um, my friend, one of my good friends just got murdered because Gil Cedillo. So, um, wait, how did they get murdered? Tell us I about that. Displaced and, um, forced to move to a place where they weren't safe and then they were shot. Really? Uh, yeah. And so, what yeah. But one of the things that to me is crazy is like, how many people are there that are trying to move to Los Angeles that they can just keep trying to make every, like displace every person that's from here? I, I mean, what, what, is, what do you think? Do you think that there is no like planning that they, they just like, they see an opportunity. It's like, a, a like, what are they, why are they doing this to all these fucking neighborhoods? Cause I ended up moving here from, from, uh, from Culver city. And oh, I mean, wow. It was it was already kind of gentrified when I started, but then it hit like fucking peak gentrification. My rent went up three hundred dollars in one month, right? And there was no protection against that. It was completely legal. They could just do it. Uh, to me, I, I w- w- like I'm having you on most more than anything just to understand it, right? And maybe even to just understand my place in it because I am as a person who's looking for, I moved to Lincoln Heights, not because I'm from here, not because I have reverence for the neighborhood, but because it was the place that I could afford, right? So there's a market force there that to some extent makes me part of the problem, right? Well, I mean, historically Lincoln Heights, it was a real estate scam. The whole founding of LA is a real estate scandal. Um, you know, this is Tongva land. There, there were hunter gatherers. They were uh, pretty semi-nomadic or, you know, uh, what is it called? Wandering because they were based at the confluence of the river. So the Tongva village was based at Downey Rep, which is now called uh, Albion Park, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the settlement, our indigenous settlement. Um, what am I saying? Uh, there was the Pueblo formation and then like the uh, ranchos, right? So the Tongva were kind of forced laborers for the development of these ranchos. And then with the Civil War, then, uh, you know, the land was parceled out, these tracks. So Griffin got Lincoln Heights. And then these were like guys from the Midwest who built trains for Tombstone, Arizona, you know, train and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then he controlled the water, Griffin. So um, it's this. Yeah. They want to say like Lincoln Heights was Italian and German and then the Mexicans came in the 60s. It's like bullshit. There was the Tongva settlement. Lincoln Heights is the back door to the Pueblo. They want to say the Tongva disappeared. This is Tongva land. The Tongva, Gabrielino Tongva, are here in Lincoln Heights, and they were pushed into Osirino and Boyle Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nomadic culture. Like, it's a culture that's adaptable. And, like, not just that, it, it's always been the same sort of threat. Um, of some guy from like you know Ohio coming and building a giant you know wooden house, um, but uh, Lincoln Heights has a history of the river and the trains, and that there's always been a sort of transient and the confluence of the river. It's uh, our, even San Fernando Road, and you know those are old Tongva trails. It's a wandering and a movement. 
you know, with the flow uh, of the, and also, but one of the issues is um, invisibility and anonymity. We're losing our invisible spaces, our, you know, post-industrial or even industrial invisible spaces that you see happening in the river. You know what I mean? Like Elysian Valley, Frogtown, uh, yeah, near the jail. They're kind of just, uh, the city's turning everything into parks with like lights and weird, instead of a wilderness, like the GQ. Yeah tracked and all that i mean those are magical places we yeah. don't need like astroturf on that shit no definitely places for the people and historically they're not just like post-industrial places but they're places for eight thousand years people have you know lived at yeah and it's, gone. And it's always going to be that way no matter what the city tries to do the people are not going anywhere from here in, in a certain manner do you, that's interesting. Do you, do you like how, all right, let's say, how long have you been, you personally, how, how long, I mean, even though you're representing an entity, but like, and we, and you are anonymous, like how, when did you start getting into this kind of activism? Let's call it activism. Or is that a word that makes you uncomfortable? Like uh, direct action, I think it might also be a way to describe it. I don't want to like label it in a way that, that you, you know, like brand it in a way because I you you're the one doing the work. So like, what what do you call what you're doing, and how long have you been active in it? Like community organizing. Like, wh how would you describe? You know, like with people, if you don't know somebody, or even if you never get to know them, they don't fucking matter to you. Mm -hmm. That's why history is important. You're never bored, but you can sit and you can reimagine, or you feel the uh, significance of where you're sitting, and you can feel the energy of the people before you. And I feel that. Um, with history in Lincoln Heights, it's, it's just really important to um, it builds solidarity uh, via cultural, like our historic cultural assets. We have a collective memory. If you can spark mm. the collective memory, you know, the youth and the parents and all that, it like gives a sense of place and um, everybody's kind of united. Even though we have a lack of like places to co congregate in Lincoln Heights, mm -hmm. We don't have many open plazas or anything. It's a commercial space. It's like we can sort of, you know, nurture a sort of appreciation for the past to, you know, put us in our space now or, you know, to yeah. find an answer for what to do now because we keep confronting the same land use issues over and over. Um, USC, uh, the city giving away our public land, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's... Um, that's crazy. So, so, so then I, I, I feel like the, uh, I would say that journalists, you know, I think to some degree is applicable, even though like, I think that people sort of try to maybe make it like this elitist club of like, but like, I think all you have to do is report facts and try yeah. to ed educate people. So I, 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 I think that that's like a pretty high pursuit and I, and I, I commend you for that. And, it, it, and, for for so, to some degree, like I feel like, you know, like I feel inadequate in this in in this conversation because I feel like there's a richness and and that uh, and and an effort that maybe I'm not even being able to encapsulate because it's so hard. There, you guys do so much, right? And and I, it, it's hard to even keep track of because I, sometimes I see you guys getting, um, getting messages back. 
from from uh, people in the city telling me like telling you guys like what, what what was that? Someone was someone wrote you back and was like, oh no, yeah, this is definitely not okay. What was that one? Laptop. Yeah, it's like the guy was dumping giant piles of cement on our public. You know, it's private land, but it's like. It's just like the trees. It's a sign, a symbolic gesture. He's saying, fuck your neighborhood. Uh, yeah. So I got on the warrant. I was like, fuck this guy. We're going to make him clean his stuff up. You know, this could fall off the hill in an earthquake. Or why do we have to look at this? Um, and then the city responded really crazy. The guy, um, the LEGBS guy, went up to Flattop and he's like, I'm on the most magnificent spot. He's like, I can't believe this guy. Left He'd never place. been there? Right. Well, this is the whole thing. <laughs> with city planning and LADBS, if you read the environmental reports for some of these new mega mansions up at Flat Top or whatever, the city has this checklist and it says, um, is there any like recognizable, like redeeming qualities about this site? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> and, you know, there's a gas station right here in a strip mall i'm like really i'm like are you fucking crazy this is a mountain man this is like nature and they said like uh oh there's a negative nature um whatever a mitigated negative declaration they say that uh this proposed site won't negatively affect the surroundings they just make shit up they've never been there they don't know the altitude it's just like crazy so this guy actually went up and then he said to me thank you for you know this is a magnificent spot then he said, if you see anything questionable and mysterious going on here, you call me. Because he knows <laughs> basically all these mega mansion guys build all these bullshit. Um, and they're all white. Uh, it's a whole little gated community up there. Um, they uh, got all these pallets and like shit and made these sort of like funky. It, it's to look artsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American body. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, mannequin body and then like some corrugated steel and some pallets. They're kind of demarcating the perimeter of their proposed 9,000 square foot mansion with all this crap. So the LADBS guy goes up there and he's like, what the fuck is this? So basically you have these sort of poser fake, uh, you know, you know, this, it's like, it's like going into nature and seeing, um, like House of Blues or TGI Fridays. Yeah. It's like just a canned. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. So the guy knew, you know, the LADBS guy is like, hey, there's something fishy going on up here. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. So that was, uh, I, we have on the direct, uh, we have a direct line with that guy. So we, and in terms, sorry, in terms of, in terms of, uh, I think that that's kind of a really important thing that keeps coming up that, that I, I want to uh, highlight is the idea of public space because there is something, it, and it is like, fitting that it's happening in supermajority California where it's like neoliberalism is all about uh, erasing that public space and, and monetizing everything like where, where if it doesn't make profit, then it's not being used properly. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's fascinating that they're doing a like that, that it's like, Oh, well we can use these super, I mean, wh what is it? The super polluter sites? Oh, super fun site? Yeah. Super fun. I call it super fun. Yeah. Well, super the fun. it's interesting too, because all right, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Neil Stevenson, but he writes this he, he wrote this book called The Um uh Snow Crash. And there's like parts like there is uh in that book, like it's all about um anarcho-capitalism, right? Essentially, where basically 
it's an anarchy, but everything because everything's privatized is not like a leftist anarchism. It's more like straight up like right wing anarchism, like the libertarian dream, essentially. And in that, like the U.S. government is tiny <laughs> and there are swaths of the country that are just super fun sites. So it's interesting to me that people are just like, oh, no, fuck it. Like, we'll take a lot of money from people, make it luxury and have it toxic. Like, it's going to poison people, right? Essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, what is it? Northern Verdun, right? In France. Mm -hmm. You know, these toxic World War I chemical warfare wastelands that are super fun sites or, you know, you can't go there. I mean, in America on a super fun site, the buildings aren't going to last a thousand years. People are all going to yeah. die anyway. Nobody gives a shit. And uh, yeah. LA, LA lacks the infrastructure. So it's like they don't really have much to lose. It's like by the time that guy is dead, his family's not going to really be able to pinpoint <laughs> what the cause was. Well, look uh, at Flint. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's the cliche, like, I uh, drink in the water. That's in the water. Yeah. Not cliche, but, you know. Um, no, 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 no. It, or, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, in the mainstream because of Flint. And, and Flint is just the, like, the, the peak or the one that we know. I'm sure that it's happening okay. everywhere. But, that, you know, when the president's, like, grabbing pussies and then, like, you know, um, just... You just everything's so weird, right? The Flint thing. Um, yeah. The whole thing is about the politicians have to be held accountable, and they will only be held accountable if there's a threat to their um, image. You know, they're all career politicians. They don't give a shit about the people. They just want to keep doing that job, right? Bounce to the oh, but I think that Garcetti's still going to run for president. Um, well, if he is, then Cedillo's trying to run for mayor. So yeah, it's all a weird hustle. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Uh, how about you try a different job? Yeah. The people try to do, let, let somebody else have a chance. Um, well, I mean, I think that that's the glaring thing. It's there, there's, uh, there's diversity. Diversity is uh, touted now, but I've been Cuban my whole life. We've had Cuban politicians. Diversity, representation's never been an issue for me. Uh, right wing motherfuckers representing like my uh, people, but not my uh, uh, ideals. So, mm -hmm. like, for me, I think the main issue, and I, I'm not the first one to say this, but that there's just no diversity of class, which is, I think is what you're talking about. How about let someone, let the people be, yeah. in office, right? Like, the thing is that when the people get in office, like, look at AOC, and I'm not, I, I don't want to make it, like, about direct specific politicians, but, like, you know, she's not going back to bartending. And... Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that happens in government is that like there are uh, job opportunities that may come up and may or may may or may not come up depending on how you make decisions once you leave, right? So you're not just serving the people, you're serving yourself to see like, you know. And it's just like, if you're a politician like Del Cedillo, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't be amongst the people. If you can't be a man of the people, and you're afraid somebody's going to kill you, well, you know, maybe you're doing the wrong job. Um, yeah. People shouldn't want to kill you, right? Um, and he's, but the whole thing is this. He feels afraid because of this. He's a public servant, elected public official, who, uh, instead of Robin Hood being a Robin Hood for the people, he's taking that developer money and just keeping it for his own self-promotion or buying, justifying it with frozen turkeys. But it's frozen turkeys for the people. But uh, it's just bribery, right? So it's like... It's not substantive. If he 
it's like if he borrowed my car and then he just started fucking renting it out to a bunch of people and then just didn't pay me anything and then you know had to ask for my car back that's kind of what he's doing to the people here and i think that's pretty lame i mean it's like if you're gonna borrow my car run it out to a bunch of people at least take it to jiffy lube afterwards and fix it or pay me or kick me back some money no the guy's just um profiting off of our us and then he won't even uh he's a diva he has like an entourage of 29 people he, he won't even dialogue directly with us he won't and we're cool we're cool people man we no, you talk. you people love you guys but, i've uh, seen you interacting with people People are into it. People, I've seen people with signs talking to people before, and and uh, the community's not into it. I w- I drove past yesterday. I uh, I didn't want to introduce myself because I felt like I didn't want to be like, oh hey, we had an interview. Now I'm here, you know. <laughs> but I did I did come check you guys out. I did uh, I, I did see you guys interacting and doing the work. I'm I'm really impressed with the the spirit of the thing. It, it gives me some hope in in uh, you know like I have insane cynicism i have uh you know uh and and, but things like this things you know where where i i don't want to say that class war like where where we or i like the idea where there's class solidarity because uh there's always class solidarity pointed down at us right and when people i think that it's really important when I see you and your uh, colleagues all standing on the street, explaining to people what's going on in the neighborhood, holding up signs so that people will ask you questions. And I think that I, I see, like, it just makes me realize how much work you guys are putting into it. Like uh, you, and it's, I, I, as far as I could tell, yesterday was all women, which I don't know if, if the organization is mostly women, but I do want to recognize that, that yeah. it, was that? Oh yeah, no, it's uh yesterday was just a rapid response type of thing. Yeah. We went to the cutting down and then we're just like, let's make some signs and post stuff on Broadway. You know, saying just yeah, yeah. about what's up, just so we could be like, hey man, it's not about the trees. Cause a lot so many people here know about Avenue 34. Um yeah, yeah. Camp to talk about it. Um and we just wanted to refresh everybody and why not jump on the corner? But um you, pick, you picked the best corner in this area. We're giving people, and we're getting the young people. We walk around a lot. We, you know, we're community members for a whole, you know, just whatever. But we're, it's multi generational. We've got our like brown beret guys here. We got the walk, you know, like the history here, and people. We need to like bring people, you know, just touch people, and then they come back, you know. Um, well, I'm having you on the show because I'm very much infected by what you guys are doing. I am very much, I, I feel like, I feel, I feel inspired. I feel motivated. I mean, uh, I was very excited to come check you guys out again. I didn't it, like, I walked through and I drove past. I didn't want to be like, Hey guys, we had an interview, but I really do enjoy, um, your work. It's, it's really inspiring. And, and I almost feel like, uh, I am inadequate in, in, uh, in, in, in interviewing you because you guys have done such impactful stuff and and i feel like um i do i feel like i i don't know enough to sort of guide the interview 
in, in, in like as 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 tightly as I'd like to, right? Like if I'm talking to an artist, it's like, oh, I know the questions, you know, that I I I know the mindset. This is a completely different experience for me. But I am in awe of what you what you and your community are doing. And I, I mean, I have felt like an outsider. I had you on the show because I definitely want to elevate what you guys are doing because I think um, ultimately, even if the 34th Avenue luxury apartment gets built, it's still important to tell people that it's toxic, right? And that may not work so well look at what happened with uh did you hear you you saw what happened with the redditors and the gamestop and the hedge fund managers no i didn't okay so basically uh there's a lot of like market manipulation that uh big billionaires do and there is no regulation for it and as soon as there was like a merry band of people on wall street bets on reddit and they all got together and they decided to start they, they noticed that Everybody, there was like the the holdings of the GameStop was eighty percent was was people trying to short it, and it didn't reflect the actual business that the company was doing. And they realized like someone's trying to manipulate the market and tank this company. So they all got together and started buying using the Robinhood app, started mm-hmm. buying the 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 stock and made it go up. And the hedge fund managers lost mil uh, billions. And now the the SEC wants to regulate, (laughs) regulate market manipulation. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a really noble battle. It's, I'm really impressed with, uh, with what you guys do. And I definitely want to keep a relationship going with you guys. I, 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 uh, am very much about keeping your anonymity and, and uh, being updated on what you guys are doing because, uh, um, there might be people in communities right now that are struggling that can hear this and, and, um, see that it's like a, a fight that's happening everywhere. Do you guys uh, at all uh, uh, work with or have any relation? I mean, Bull Heights isn't that far and they've also been in this fight for a long time. So is there any relationship with that or is this, is it completely decentralized? Do you learn from them? Do you, do you talk to them for any advice or? We're in solidarity with, with the people of Bull Heights and um, certain um, other groups um, of the East. Do you, do you know the groups that organize them or? Um, it's a constellation. Okay, um, no, no, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, you know, we uh, are about, we're at, we're at a uh, crossroads right now in Lincoln Heights in particular. We're, um, because uh, we won't be, we're, you know, we're uh, taking over the local political um, spectrum um, in a, in a. Uh, you have people running for city council and stuff, right? Into a, in a soon-to-be-announced uh, announcement this week, we're going to be making a big, 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 big announcement. And I will definitely promote that for you guys. We're going to gain the platform. We're going to gain a platform that will um, bring the community together in actual public space, and then we're going to have funds. We're going to have about, you know, whatever, how many, you know, the, the funds to distribute to the people. Um, whatever I can do to help. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that what you guys... What you're doing is very noble and anything I can do to help you guys uh, get the message out, I want to do it because I think that this is a universal fight, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all trapped on a ball, spinning, yeah. um, breathing the same air. 
do you have any parting thoughts, anything that I haven't asked you that you think like you would like to share that, that maybe, you know, I know this is, this is kind of, it's a little bit, you're also in the middle of like your fight. So I feel like I'm also pulling you away from what you're doing, but is there anything that you want to express? You're only as good as those around you. Get to know your neighbors because they're the, they're the most important people in your life. Yeah. Cool. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know, you know, but get to know in a way that's like uh, special. Yeah, meaningful. In terms of um, exchanges, economies, uh, knowledge, uh, you know, self-governance and self-sustenance. Yeah. I never know how to change my tire. I know how to, you know, pick his avocados. <laughs> that sounded sad. like a euphemism. Then we're both sad and we drive to Jack in the Box and, you know, get a burger and we talk. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Be there for each other. There's no reason to be lonely and separated and divided and, like, wandering aimlessly. It's like, we don't have parks yet. But I can guarantee you if you walk your ass up to Flat Top, and you just stand there and look out at the sky. Somebody's going to say hi to you, and you have the option to, like, meet somebody new. And, like, you yeah. know, we don't have to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And do you anything that you want to promote uh, for, for the, the movement or anything that you want people to check out? It's uh, at, uh, at Lincoln Heights Intel. Is yeah, there an underscore? No, just at Lincoln Heights Intel. Oh, there's going to be this uh, big announcement coming up. It's just sort of cute. And I urge everyone to follow that because it is really interesting. Even if you're not in the neighborhood and even if you're not in the fight, it, there's a lot of stuff about history, about a very important neighborhood. It's uh, a lot of stuff that I think will apply to everybody. You know, wherever you live, whatever your experience, there's always the gentrifying forces. And I think that there's a lot of, um, it, it's, it's inspiring at the very least, right? It, it makes, it motivates me. It makes me feel like someone's fighting. Uh, and, uh, and it makes me want to fight too, for the things that, you know, I can, uh, I can put my energy behind. So I really, I really appreciate you, uh, anonymous person of Lincoln Heights Intel. I, uh, I am very grateful for you taking the time. I would love to have you guys back on. If anybody else wants to from your group wants to come and talk on the show, you guys have an open invitation. I think uh, you guys are probably one of the most exciting political movements that I'm aware of right now. It affects me directly because I live in the neighborhood, but I'm also passionate for for fighters, and and I and and I think that the class aspect of it the solidarity part of it the the us versus the big guys that get all the breaks uh that thing is very that that aspect of it is very moving to me it um it feels it feels like you're fighting imperialism on a local scale and and i think that that's where you start right everybody's always like think global act local uh, you you are very much in i'm so much more informed about Los Angeles, the way that business works, the corruption here. I didn't realize how much it was like Florida. California, Florida, Democrat, Republicans, the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anyway, just, go ahead. Just the uh, knowing that, like, Kamala Harris's husband is a lawyer lobbyist with the DLA Piper, the lobbying firm that, um, 
was, uh, you know, attacking our community members, accused us of hate speech, and then had hired white callers to call in against our community, like race, blatant racism, and then denies, and he writes a thing that's saying, oh, just, you know, gentrification's a myth, right? That's her husband's coworkers, and they all know each other. I'm just like, uh, you know what? Fuck all of you, dude. Like, you are on some real leftist shit, and I, I commend you for that. Like the, 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 the class stroke. I mean, we, we haven't really called it that, but I mean, it's almost like it, it's, it, it's similar to the labor movement, but this is a housing thing. And I, and, and I think that there needs to be something on that, like food security, we, there should also be a movement like that. So I, I am a hundred percent behind you guys, whatever I can do. If you ever need me to, to share something, just let me know. Oh, <laughs> someone needs attention. <laughs> yeah, eater, space eater. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, I'll let you snuggle with the cat. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Bye. See ya.